for this, another opportunity that you've given us, Lord God, to experience your presence, the presence of the almighty God, the presence that changes, the presence that rearranges our lives, Lord God, the presence that works its work that we will never be the same, Lord God. And so right now, oh Lord, let our hearts be open to receive, Lord God, what you have to speak to us. That we may receive it in such a way that it, that it takes root in our inner man and in our inner being, Lord God, in our spirit, Lord God. Because we know by your word, Lord God, that which takes root in our hearts and in our inner man, Lord God, it, it then becomes a part of us and it then it is what we then begin to expel. It comes out of us, Lord God. So we know that you are giving us your word, Lord God, for this purpose. So I pray right now that even for every one of us, even the children, Lord God, that we hear what thus saith the Lord, that it may make a difference in our daily walk, Lord God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. <clears throat> if you will, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 on this morning. And as you turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, just as I was saying that it's obvious and it's evident. And it doesn't take a rocket science to, uh, scientist to figure out that God has been speaking and is speaking right now to our hearts, and he's reminding us of the joy of the Lord. And, and it's obvious, as we can hear the Lord, that in his reminder to us, little children, you need to know the joy of the Lord. Because there is a reason that he is speaking to us about the joy of the Lord because there's coming a time and probably now is for most of us that we need to know where our joy comes from. And we need to know where and where your joy rests. When you live, you are growing up in a world that, uh, that will speak to your heart and that will entice you and try to tell you that the joy, your joy is not of the Lord, but it's, of, it's in things. It's in accomplishments. It's in, uh, you know, it'll even uh, feed you the fact that your joy will come in your performance on a job and in your performance in school and all of these different things. But lo, lo and behold, God wants to serve you. Notice on today that the joy that's in your heart, it comes from the Lord, from the Lord. And this is really important, my friends, because as God speaks to us today, then he's wanting to take us back to the real foundation of even the joy of the Lord that, that, that is resting upon us and that rests in us. He wants to take us back to the foundation of that. And so this morning, if we have the title of the message, the title of the message would be the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him, because without the joy being set before him, then guess what, my friends? We would not be experiencing any joy, not no real joy. Come on, somebody. And so God wants to speak to each and every one of us today. 
and serve us as a reminder that the joy that was set before him, who is him? Him is Jesus Christ. And the joy that was set before him, we read about in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 2, and then I'm actually back up to 1, but the text verse, it says that this, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, somebody say Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to understand that, that what God is wanting to remind us of is that, that this Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, that it, there was a joy that was set before him, my friends, and without him embracing the joy that was set before him, then there would not be any joy nor peace for you and me. Come on, somebody. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, somebody say who, for the joy that was set before him endured, somebody say endured, the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The, the joy that was set before the Lord, we need to know what that joy was. What was the joy that was set before the Lord? The joy that was set before the Lord was the will of God. Hear what thus saith the Lord, my friends. Because this makes all the difference in the world. The joy, see, when we think of joy, we don't think of uh, having to endure something. When we, when we think of joy, then we think uh, immediately of, of peace and, and, and a place of rest. But there was a price to be paid for the joy that you have access to today, my friend. And that's what God wants to remind us of. As today is the first Sunday and we celebrate the Lord's Supper and we remember that which he's done. But we can't remember what he's done unless we connect it to what the truth is. And the truth of the matter is, is that what was set before Jesus or this joy that was set before him was the will of God first and foremost that caused him and urged him to endure the cross. So what are you saying, Pastor John? What I'm saying is that it pleased the Father to bruise the Son. And why did it please the Father to bruise the Son? Because what pleased the Father to bruise the Son was something that was important to God himself. And that was the redemption of that which was lost. That was the redemption that is for you and me. That God loved the world and all that's in it so much that he gave his only begotten son that those of us who believe should not perish but have everlasting life. This was the joy that was set before the Lord, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And that which was set before him was one that will you do what, will you satisfy me, son? No matter what it takes for you or what you may have to endure, will do is your heart for me, son? And why is this important? This is important because God is asking us the same question today. No, not that we have to do the exact same thing because that work is done that has satisfied God, that has uh, you know, uh, torn down the, the walls of separation and ripped the veil, that is allowing us the access 
to God and to our eternal life that has been given and promised to us by the blood of Christ Jesus. But there is a part of this question that God is asking us is what will you endure with this joy that is set before you? Will you die to yourself enough that I can use you as a vessel? See, it speaks to our time of our stay here, right here, right now. See, because what, what Jesus accomplished and that which was set before him, he accomplished the, the greatest thing under the sun. He accomplished eternal life for those that would believe. And that we have a guarantee of. Again, in the blood of Christ Jesus. Hear what thus saith the Lord. That you, my friend, even as a young child, pay attention. Because if you don't get this right now, then you don't know what you might be in for uh, in the days of head. And the greatest, the cost for your eternal salvation has been paid for by Jesus Christ. And how it was paid for is that there was, that God set before him. That which the Bible refers to as joy. It was joyful for God, for Jesus himself to embrace that which God wanted. Is what was being said here today. See, because when you look in Hebrews, if you, let's back up to verse 1. This is talking about running the race. This is talking about us running the race and finishing the course and enduring the, all that we have to do to, 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 to finish the race, my friends. It says, therefore, in verse 1, we also, since we are uh, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, <clears throat> and this great cloud of witnesses have been spoken of in Hebrews chapter 11. It talked about the patriarchs and their faith in, in, in God. And now that we've been surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnare us. God is calling us to a time, my friend, that it's time for us to lay aside every weight. Somebody say weight. And weight is every distraction. It can come in all kinds of forms. It's that which weighs us down from enduring that which God has put, is, is set it before us. And it ain't the cross that we have to endure like Jesus did. He finished that. But we do have to endure some things. And the things that we have to endure is for, the, uh, for us to accomplish that which God is calling us to. It's, this is a part of us running the race, my friends. And it's far too long that the church... Have, uh, yo, now, since Jesus endured that, that which he had to endure, then the church is set on a hill like we don't have to do anything. And that is totally contrary to the word of God. Because very, from the very beginning, when the Holy Spirit came and, and, and the church first began, the first thing that it began to experience after it experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit that gave it power to endure some things, it immediately began to experience what? Persecution. And we live in a time that the gospel is presented as though that, uh, that there's, no, there's nothing, that, uh, nothing about persecution that we'll have to endure once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that is far from the truth. 
Uh, and it's high time that we begin to minister the gospel for what it is so that people, as they embrace uh, life eternal, that they can know the truth and that the truth can begin to set them free immediately. And that immediate freedom that it's going to set them uh, to is to be able to run the race that requires endurance, my friends. See, we want to run the race, but we don't want to have to endure anything. And yes, you're going to have to endure some things. And that joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross to experience the joy. And the joy was to do the will of God. He understood that. And that question that, that, that he presents to us today is the same question. Will you endure not the cross, but what you endure, that which uh, is going to come against you, that the will of God may be done. And some of us, we got to make a decision today. Today is the day that he's compelling us. Today is the day that he's knocking on the door of our hearts. That will you for the joy that is set before you, will you endure that which God is uh, allowing to have happen for his greater good? Understanding that it's for the will of God to be done. Do you notice that it's, uh, the joy that was set before him, it wasn't for his will to be done? <laughs> and neither is it for ours today. See, this joy that's set before us, that we're going to have to endure some things, is not for our will to be done, but it's for his will to be done. Come on, somebody. So in essence, then, what we have to do today is make a decision in our hearts today that above all things, that our goal and our mission is in our lives, is that the will of God can be done. See, in John chapter 12, Jesus made this very plain and very clear. Turn your Bibles there real quick. John chapter 12. He let it be made known. As he predicted his death on the cross in verse 27 of John chapter 12. He says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. So he says, no, what I'm going to say is, Father, glorify your name. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you hear what is happening here, my friends? Because for each and every one of us, as we are going through the troubles and the trials of life, what are we saying? Are we saying unto the Father, save me from this hour? Or are we saying, I understand that I've come to this hour that you may be glorified in this hour by me submitting to doing the will of him who sent me. Hallelujah. See, this ain't no, uh, this ain't no milk stuff, but, but this is something that we have to be able to chew on and embrace. Come on, somebody. Because we are living in a time and it's just awesome because, you know, just real quick, you know, when you 
and we're going to get back to this, but God has spoken this to us uh, some time ago as he spoke uh, just as an example, a beautiful example. You know, in the word of God is, is Esther. You know, in the life that, uh, that she lived, in the life that she was called to, and not just her, but all uh, that was around her. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful depiction for each and every one of us, even on today. Because the thing about it is, is that we have to come to this place and this conclusion in our hearts to know that God, what he is orchestrating, he is, he's ordained. And that which he's ordained is his plan. And that he is in control, just like he was in control of her life. And, the, and all that was around it, and the Jews uh, facing uh, annihilation across the whole uh, region. That it was ordered and a decree came from King Ahasuerus that to, to, uh, to the trickery of, of, of one of his uh, high men at that time named Haman. Tricked them into you know, casting a decree that could not ever be changed, and that was to annihilate all the Jews. But God, glory be to God, before that even happened, God had already orchestrated Esther, this Jewish woman, becoming queen of the region. Hallelujah. And yes, in, in, in the story, as the story goes, that she ended up having to do something that was against the, the, the law of the land, and that was to go into the king's, uh, you know, go before the king. And nobody could come before the king unless you was called before the king. Otherwise, you was deserving of death. But she put her life on the line and came before the king to stand for the people, the Jewish people, God's people, the people that, uh, if they had been annihilated then, then there was no Jesus Christ coming. See, God was orchestrating the plan in there, and we need to, and this speaks to you and me right now, right here, my friends, is that you got to understand that some of the things that may have happened in your life that God is, 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 has orchestrated his plan, and even in our wrong decisions, God uses our wrong decisions to continue to orchestrate his plan. Somebody needs to notice today. Even in our bad choices that we make, God is still at, yet at work for those, because the Bible says in Romans that he works all things to good, to those who are the called and the ones that love the Lord. So if you are the called and you love the Lord, then even in your bad choices, God is working your, it towards your good. And we need to be encouraged by that today, not encouraged to make bad decisions, but to encourage to know that in all things, all things, God is working it for the good of the kingdom of God. He can turn it around. He will turn it around. He is working it for that purpose. And this is a serious thing for us to know, and it definitely relates to us because what Esther come to find out is that, she, that every experience that she had went through prior to her being anointed and appointed to be queen, See, because some of you don't know that Esther, before she even became a queen, there was a lot that happened in her life. That she, that her mama and her daddy died at a young age. And that it took her uncle Mordecai to take her uh, under his wing as his own daughter and brought her into that region where she would yet uh, sometime down the road become queen and yet be sometime down the road be instrumental in saving the, the nation of the Israel of, the, of Jewish people. Hallelujah. 
But see, <laughs> what we don't understand is that everything that was happening in our life, that God was working it for a time such as that. He was bringing her to that place in her life that he could use her as a vessel. And somebody needs to know today that because all that has gone on in your life, that you are not here today even by happenstance. God has orchestrated and he has worked in everything. Because there's a time that's coming in your life that God needs to use you. And you have to come to that place in your heart that, it well, that is well in your soul. See, because what Esther came to realize in the story, you'll see it at the end, when she had to come before the king. Because otherwise, then the, the Jewish uh, nation was going to be annihilated. That she had made a decree within herself. She had came to a place in herself. And she says, and what she said was that uh, it was something like this. And I'm paraphrasing. She came to a place in her life that, you know what? That uh, I have to go before the king. Yes, I'm putting my life on the line. But guess what? That uh, I have peace in the fact that this is my time. And if I don't do it, then who will? And what she understood is that I'm going to go before the king in, in, in life or death. Life or death. I got to do what I know that God is calling me to do. And that he's appointed me to do and that he has brought me to this place to choose to do the will of God. And my question to you today is that you got to understand there's a places, there is a place that God is orchestrating. And one of these days, it's going to come your day that you're going to have to choose life or death to do the will of God or not. And are you prepared for that day, for that time? Here with us saith the Lord. There's coming a time that each and every one of us is going to have to choose. Are you ready and are you to do, to make that choice? Are you prepared? In the preparation that it takes for us to be prepared, first it starts with a wellness in our heart that, that Jesus had in John chapter 12. That he came to this place that it was about doing the will of God, that he understood that my purpose is to do the will of God. And later on in that same chapter, then he begins to declare and decree all the time, over and over again, that I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. That I have to stay in tune to the Holy Spirit 100%. That I have to be in tune, that I have the purpose in my heart to stay in tune with the Spirit of the living God. Because if I don't, when my time is presented before me, then I'm not going to choose to do the will of God. And that is for the only purpose that he's brought me to this place. It's to choose, is to be able to be used, to be chose, to do the will of God. Do you know that there's a day? There's many that's past us, but there's a day yet coming for each and every one of us that you're going to have to choose are you going to do the will 
of God. It's just really what it boils down to. Are you going to make the choice to do the will of God? Or are you going to stand in fear? Let's go to the book of Esther. And we're going to close right here because this is it's so important. My God. Esther is before Psalms. Yeah, but I'm just saying Psalms, everybody know what that is. Esther chapter 4. And look in verse 16, I'm 15. This is Esther's reply to her uncle Mordecai. Mordecai. After a long uh, journey and, and there's a lot in between but it boils down to this that it had been made known, she's the queen now and it had been made known to her that Haman had uh, tricked the, the king into ordering this decree to annihilate all the Jews and that, and, 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 and Mordecai it had came to his attention and, and, and he had sent notice to Esther in her royal palace of what was going on and she couldn't hardly even fathom it. But ultimately, as they went back and forth, and she came to the understanding, we see her reply, her final reply to Mordecai, starting in verse 15, and it says this. Esther chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, <coughs> Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. We're going to do the same. And here is what, the, the, what she's come to a decision in the heart. And so I will go to the king. So she's made, a, 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 she's made up in her heart that I will go ahead and go to the king, know that I'm facing death. For doing this. But guess what? I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. See, this is what she came to. The decision to do what, what was in her heart to do, to do. This was her moment. And there's a moment in her life. This is, this is the point of her whole life. And there's a point for each and every one of our lives under the sun. And we're going to have to come to a conclusion in our, our minds and in our hearts above all things that I, if I perish, I perish. See, some of us, we won't do some things because, oh, I can't do that. I'm not going to lose this. I'm not going to do that. And, and certainly, I'm not going to, uh, not my life. And this is way short of our lives because God ain't asking us to give our lives. But he's asking us to give up some of the things that, that is messing up our life. And the question is, is will, when you, when you come to that place in that time, 
And believe me, my friends, it's for each and every one of us. We're going to face that. Will you make up in your heart that if I perish, I perish, but for me, I'm going to do the right thing about for God's people and for myself? Hello, somebody. God is compelling. He's knocking on the door of your heart today because I'm telling you, my friends, that God, the God that we serve is an awesome and mighty God. And it's nothing in your life that is not, that God don't use to orchestrate and to maneuver and to navigate you to this purpose in this plan that he has to use you in this lifetime. And it ain't an easy decision. See, this was a matter for her of life and death. But she came to the conclusion that if I perish, I perish. But I got to do the will of God. So this is the question in closing today. Have you made up in your heart to do the will of God? Perishing or not? Can you say the same, that if I perish, I perish, but I got to do the will of God? That's where God is calling us to. And to do the will of God, it was, he spoke it to us very plain and clear. God is orchestrating for each and every one of us to be used as a vessel on in a time such as this, my friends. And that vessel that he wants to use us for is that some of the lost may be found. He wants to use our life that somebody may come to know Jesus. You remember that Jesus, the one who endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him? See, Jesus understood when the cross was set before him that it wasn't a bad thing, it was a joyful thing. Because why was it a joyful? Because it pleased the Father. Because it was satisfying the Father. Because it was going to give God what he wanted. And therefore, he never was thinking about himself. And see, we are at a place in our life now that God is saying, will you forsake what your will is to do my will? Even if the cross is set, is, is, is set before you. And I ain't talking about the literal cross. I'm talking about your cross. See, because that's why Jesus said, if a man wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Pick up his cross. What is your cross? That's the things that you got to deal with as personally. Come on, somebody. And then we can follow him. So some of us is laying our cross. We ain't going to pick it up. We laying it down to do our own will. But in order to do the will of God, you got to pick up the cross, your cross. You can't leave it sitting there. It has to come with you in following him. And this is what we get to celebrate is the finished work of Jesus today, my friends, that he endured the cross. And it was his joy to endure the cross. And in, in doing the cross that now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And God is calling us to endure our cross. Pick it up. Endure it. 
Because in doing that, you are doing my will. And in doing my will, then guess what? You're going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And I ain't talking about literally trying to be like Peter uh, and his brothers or, or John and his brothers that fought about who was going to be at the right hand of Jesus. But I'm talking about being in the presence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. And this starts with every encounter and the opportunity that we have to experience him each and every day, my friend. So let the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, let it be the strength that is meant to be. See, that's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord, we're talking about the same one that, the, that when the joy was set before him that he endured the cross, that joy that he said that he was going to give us, that he uh, had to go, but when he'd go, he was going to give us peace, and it was the joy that he was going to give us that, that was awesome. Come on, somebody. And see, let... It, that joy that he left us and gave us is our strength to endure from day to day. Do you know what strength means? Let me give you the definition of strength. Strength means the capacity to withstand great force or pressure. Strength means the capacity to endure or withstand great joy, uh, great uh, force or pressure. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So strength is the capacity to endure or to withstand great force. But guess what is our, what's our strength? It's not you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So the joy is the one that will that can in, uh, withstand or has the capacity. The joy is the one. The joy of the Lord is the one that has the capacity to withstand great pressure. You and me, we can't. But we've been trying to do it in our own strength. God says today, let it be known unto all men that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. That it's the joy of the Lord that has the capacity to withstand great pressure and force. My God, thank you for the deliverance. I don't have to do this on my own. He can do it. And not only can he, can he, can he do it, he's already done it. I just got to use the right uh, tools now. Quit trying to use mine and use the joy of the Lord. That's my strength. I got to use the right tools. I've been trying to show my strength within me. He said, no, put that down and grab the joy of the Lord tool. See, because the joy of the Lord tool, when you pick that up, it has the capacity, come on somebody, to endure or withstand the great force or pressure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And God ain't just saying this. This is for real, my friends. We got to pick up the right tool. Quit trying to use yours. See, because the, the, this, the, the joy of the Lord, yo, it comes with a peace like a river. So even while it's enduring the uh, great pressure, it has the capacity that while it's enduring it, that it can have peace like a river. Do you notice when you're using your tool to try to endure the great pressure, your strength to try to do the great pressure, that, man, you don't have no, no peace. 
Peace can't, it don't, it don't work. They don't coincide. But the joy of the Lord being my strength, it does. And so much more. And so much more. This is what God has for us, my friend. And for us to be able to run the race and to finish this course, we have to do it in his way. That's the only way you're going to make it. It's the right way. It's the only way you're in there. And it's high time for us to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Somebody say humble. See, because this is a tough word in the, in, the, in the human flesh. But it's an awesome experience in the presence in the spirit of the almighty God. To humble ourselves and watch God do his do. And right now, we're going to go right into this experience, the remembrance that we can remember of that which the joy of the Lord accomplished. That when the, when the joy was set before him, the Bible says he endured the cross. And that's what we want to celebrate. Let's move the table here, my friends. Hallelujah. That when the joy was set before him, the joy that was set before him was for him to endure the cross. Hallelujah. Ain't that awesome? And he has done that for you and for me. He's done that. Stand on your feet. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Stand on your feet. Right down. Right down. Right down. Real quick. Was you listening? I said, stand on your feet. What took you a long time to do it? Was you wasn't listening, huh? We're going to do the, uh, that right now in memories of Jesus Christ that has paid the price for our sins. This awesome thing. So we have to stand on our feet because we, we've been sleeping and slumbering and we need to wake up. This part, we can't not sleep and slumber on, my friends. Are you with me? So as we turn our hearts and our minds and we set our affections on the Lord, on the Lord, let's just take a minute because this is the most important thing under the sun, my friends. No matter what, because without the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, wouldn't none of us be here right now? So let us turn our hearts and our minds towards the truth of the matter and that Jesus is the reason why we live. And it's, he is our hope for tomorrow. Nothing else. And that we have this op awesome opportunity right now that in remembering that when Jesus was presented with the, the joy that was set before him, that it didn't come in a beautiful package. He had to recognize this, this package that, that, that was painful. He had to be able to look beyond the pain to be able to realize that this is a joyful presentation, my friends. That this what's, what's, what is set before me is joyful. Because on the outside, it didn't look joyful. So he had to be able to see into the heart and the spirit of his own God, the Father, 
to be able to recognize, oh, it's the will of God. So no matter what it looks like, hallelujah, this is what made it a joyful, a, a joyful presentation or that which joy that was set before him. Because what he was able to see is that this is the will of my father. And that same charge is for you and me today. So no, the person on the corner, they may not smell good, they may not look good, and they may not even think, act, look like they want God. But when the Spirit of God, we have to be able to look past that and see what the will of the Father is. That we may stop our busy day and go and minister to that person and just tell them that Jesus loves you and God loves you more. And that's what, 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 we, what God was showing us today, that, that, that the, these people have an ear to hear. And the reason why they have an ear to hear is because God has a heart that's aching for them. And when he get a vessel that, he could, that will hear him and do his will, then their ears will be open. Just like yours was. Hallelujah. So we thank you right now, Lord, as we look to him. Father Jesus. Our Lord and our Savior, we thank you that you 